What's up, kids? It's Kate. This is Dayfield. Ooh, till the day I die. Uh, yeah. What's up, guys? How you feel? How y'all feel? I don't know why I put on music that's 10 years old. Is this 10 years old? I don't know. Ironically, this is Kanye West and Lupe Fiasco. And uh, the best part of that is I actually went on one date with Lupe Fiasco who, by the way, is a really, really sweet guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. But what's embarrassing is I had no idea that that was his song. I mean, he's on that song. I'm not sure which part of it is him. I listened to it all the way through, trying to figure it out, and I can't tell. I think he's the part that, like, shouts things out. I don't know. This is terrible. I'm going to have to, like, now apologize to Lupe Fiasco for this fiasco of an introduction. Uh, but, guys, what's up? It's it's date fails. It's time. Um I'm my own guest today, which normally, guys, when I'm my own guest, it's because someone flaked or I had been so busy that I couldn't plan a guest, but that is not the case this time. The reason I'm my own guest this time is because so much happened in the, in the last week, I have to share it with you. And if someone else is here, I have to make it about them. And I need to make this about me. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, here we go. Oh my God, you guys, I have so many things to tell you. And what's hilarious is I've tried to start the podcast, which by the way, this is completely normal for me. I'm so ADHD, but I tried to start the podcast like eight times in the last hour. And every time I'm about to start it, someone texts me or something happens that I'm like, oh, I have to talk about that too. And then I write it down and then a phone rings and then the point is, like, every two minutes something happens. And see, this is the problem. I should podcast every day because there's too much that happens that's insane in my life, and I want to share it all with you guys, you know, but I can't. And then every time I get on here with a guest, we get to talking, and I forget to share things I think you would find fascinating, and then I write them down for next time, and then it happens again. Like, Here's an example, the Lupe Fiasco thing. I would forget to tell you guys I went out with Lupe Fiasco once if there was a guest here, because I'd play the song, then we'd start talking, then I would say that, then they'd be like, oh, I went out with this rapper, and then we'd talk about their rapper, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I forget Lupe. Lupe's dope. Lupe is sweet. I liked Lupe. We both travel a lot, and... um, I was nervous I wouldn't have enough in common with him, but he's really nice. It was a long time ago. I never told it on here because I don't name names until it's way after the fact and I feel like they won't mind. But we just went out once, or did we go out twice? I don't know. Um, but he's he's quiet, kind of shy, into video games and um, samurai swords. That's sort of his thing. He took me to a great barbecue joint. So good. So anyway, and then just now... I'm grabbing my phone to tell you guys about this. By the way, before I do, uh, my sponsor is, of course, again, CBD Lion. CBD Lion is becoming... It's funny because when you get a sponsor, all the ads I do on the show, I have to like the product. There have been a few I've had that I stopped reading their ads because once I started using it, I was like, you know, it's cool, but it's not that great. And then there are other ones that uh, I've lost over time because, you know, they didn't have the ad budget anymore, but I really loved. Like an example is Native Deodorant. I don't really do many ads for them anymore, uh, but I really love their product. I still use it. So shout out Native Deodorant. That's one. 
Um, but CBD Lion, it's like, it's so nice because they're a major sponsor now. They're the title sponsor and I love their product. I actually just text Andrew, who is the president, and asked if he would send my sister some more uh, CBD oil because she's been using it for anxiety and she loves it. I use it for sleep. Oh my gosh, the gummies. Actually, Andrew, if you hear this, Joey and I were talking with Dean Del Rey in Chicago a few days ago. Me, Joey Diaz, Dean Del Rey went and played the Chicago Theater, which I'm going to talk all about, but seriously, you guys, it was, I can barely speak about it because it was so, I'm getting goosebumps. It was so just amazing and emotional and just like such an insane experience. That place is so iconic, even if you're not from Chicago. Everybody's seen a photo of the Chicago theater. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco shot his last special there. So there's, you know, some shots in his special where you can see how big that place is. And it's not just the number of people. I think it seats like 3,600 people or something. It's not the number of people. It's, it's like so wide. So I've played theaters before that hold that many people. But the way this theater is, fill, is, is, is set up it's just when you're on stage, you feel, I mean, it just feels massive in front of you. Even walking to the microphone was kind of awkward because in a comedy club, there's music. At the Chicago Theater, we didn't plan music. So you're walking out and they're clapping and it's such a long walk to the microphone. I started jogging in heels, which is a whole other story. Um, but I started jogging because I was like, this is feeling awkward. It's like too long to walk and I don't want them to stop clapping and the mic's still like 50 feet away. <laughs> like it was, it was crazy. But anyway, we're all there and we're talking about uh, the CBD gummies from CBD Lion because I was just saying they knock me out. And like, it's not, you know, it's not like weed gummies, because I, I do every once in a while, I'll do a weed gummy, but the difference is the weed gummy gets you high, right? So like if I do a weed gummy, it's a whole other thing. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, this doesn't happen to everyone, but if I do a weed gummy, it makes me almost, I don't want to say hallucinate, but it just makes everything really, I'm ultra sensitive. Like everything feels dream, like a dream to me. Um, I wake up a little foggy after those weed gummies with the actual like weed in them, but the CBD lion gummies is a totally different thing. Those just make me drowsy, chill, and it depends which ones you take. Cause obviously there's different strengths, but I've been taking, gosh, I'd have to look, I think they're a thousand or they five, they might be 500 milligrams. I'm taking, I don't know. I'm sensitive, um, to everything. And those just, they put me to sleep. Or they at least chill me way out. And then I put on some like sleep hypnosis or something like that. But uh, I was telling Joey, I'm like, no matter what, I could be so wired, you know, and I and it puts me right out. So that's a big compliment for CBD Lion. And the other thing is I've talked on my podcast about this and I hate bringing up cramps because guys hate it. But, you know, if you get really bad cramps, I get really bad cramps sometimes. I mean, debilitating, like I'm out for the day. I have to cancel shows. It's horrible. And it's crazy because I've had two menstrual cycles since I've started using the CBD every day, and I have not had cramps. You guys don't understand. Like, when I got my period last month, I was like, what the fuck? Where are the cramps? It, like, came and went with no cramps to the point where I was like, "This." I thought something was wrong with me. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't normal. I'm happy. I'm relaxed. I have no cramps. I haven't been a bitch to anybody it's got to be the CBD. It's the only change. So 
I don't know. All I'm saying is it's really working for me. And um, Joey loves it. Dean loves it. We all really love it. In fact, we wouldn't, Joey would not. I mean, Joey was like so excited about it at the show. He even made a video for them, which he would never do if he didn't love the product. So anyway, I'm blabbing. This is, sounds like the longest ad, but I really just actually like it. So guys, if you want to check it out, go to cbdlion.com slash, or no, just cbdlion.com. And then you use my code for your discount, which is Kate Q and you get 20% off your order. And if you have any questions or you're not sure what to buy, um, you can call them and tell them what's going on and they'll like give you recommendations. So CBD Lion, that's what's up. Um, okay. I have to talk now about Chicago because it was crazy. Hang on. I need to sip of my drink. Guys, bear with me. I'm my own producer and host and guest today. Chicago. Okay. It was nuts. Um, I went to college in Chicago. So, you know, it's, I used to walk from the train to college. Roosevelt University is where I went. Uh, I was a theater major. Roosevelt University is a cool college, if you don't know it. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, a lot of adults go there as a night school, I think, at least back when I was there. But it also has one of the best theater programs in the country. It's got a music conservatory and a theater conservatory that are like insanely good. And a lot of people sleep on it because they just don't know. Um, the conservatory has a separate name, which is Chicago College of Performing Arts. And when I was in high school, uh, I had a buddy who was a professional actor. He lived in Chicago. He was, I think he was an ensemble member at the Goodman Theater. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, he was, I was asking him, you know, what programs in Chicago were the best. And he was like, you know, nobody talks about Roosevelt, but he thought it was the best program. And I went there and it's really good. It's a conservatory, which is cool because it means you, all your classes are centered around what you want to major in. And then you have the same people in all your classes for the whole time you're there. So it becomes really like a family. It's crazy. Um, but I went there. I'm getting like, oof, I'm getting chills. I went there and it was emotional for me flying back to Chicago. It always is. I've only been back to Chicago a few times since I moved here. And every time is like, well, that's not true. I take that back. I'm sorry. I've only been to Chicago a few times since I divorced. I've been there many times when I was still married because my ex and I used to work there all the time together. But then I got divorced and I started really pursuing comedy, like hardcore. And when I go to Chicago, it's really difficult for me because I have so many memories there that feel like another life. I was 24 when I left Chicago. So I was there from like 18 to 24 and I was married. It was my first time away from home. It was my first time really performing professionally. It was my first time partying, getting drunk, trying drugs. I know it sounds like something you would do all that in high school. I mean, I got drunk once in high school, I think, but my point is it was it, it was so weird going there. It brings up a lot of feelings for me. Also, it brings up a lot of questions for me, like, should I have stayed married? Did I fuck it up? <laughs> was I happier here? Should I come back here? Uh, what else? Also, my mom has lupus. Oh, that's another thing. My mom is using the CBD lotion for her joint pain from lupus, and it's helping. So shout out again, CBD lion. Um, but 
my mom has lupus. And so when I lived in Chicago, my mom used to come visit all the time and we'd walk all over the city. And it's really my last memories of my mom being healthy enough to be that active. I mean, my mom's okay. She's fine. She's alive and she's happy and she still does things, but it's different now. She can't do it like she used to. You know, if she goes out for one day, it's big and she'll suffer for a few days because of that. But my mom is so dope. Like my mom just called me. This is something I would do. Uh, my mom just called and she said, my mom now has so many grandkids. I don't even know how many. That's terrible. I should because those are my nieces and nephews. But there's a lot. I'm trying to think. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. I don't know. Like 10 or something. Anyway, maybe more. Anyway, whatever. My mom is taking them all and their parents, my family, everybody, to this pumpkin patch slash like corn maze slash petting farm. I don't know. Some kind of fall wonderland type thing. And you guys, my mom is so allergic to everything there. Animals, hay, corn. Like, I mean, my mom, my, my mom is like autoimmune diseases. Any small allergy you have, like if you, let's say you have a teeny allergy to soy and then you eat something with a teeny drop of soy. Normally, if you're not autoimmune, that's okay. Your body just, maybe you notice a little something like, oh, I have a little bit of a stuffy nose all of a sudden. You don't know why. It's no big deal. But if you have autoimmune, your immune system is like, oh my God, something's in here that we're not supposed to have. And your immune system attacks you, your own body and goes crazy. And so like being slightly allergic to hay, animals, you know, whatever, corn, all the things there, her body's going to go nuts and she's going to be so sick. And I was like, why are you doing this? And she's like, because who knows how much longer I have and I want to get to do everything I want to do. And I'll just chill for a few days after. And I'm like, you know, I can't argue. I would do the same thing. I would do exactly the same thing. It's like, life's too short to sit around. What else are you going to do? Sit at home all the time and do the same boring thing. You know, I would rather die having fun. That's probably how she feels. So I don't blame her. She doesn't listen to this podcast. She's never going to hear this. Maybe I'll put this clip somewhere she can. But so anyway, point is, Chicago was hard. I got there and uh, I was exhausted too. That's why this podcast is actually a little late because the last week was insane. I had like three pitch meetings right before I left. I drove straight to the airport, didn't sleep. We got in late, didn't sleep much, did the show. But here's why I want to kill Joey. So Joey calls me the day before the show, um, Joey Diaz, and he's headlining. And he's, okay, you guys know me. I wear a lot of hats, rock t-shirts. The thing about me is when I started doing comedy, I had a hot girl job. That's what I call jobs where you get paid to look cute, basically. And I used to do um, promos for Miller Beer Company. And I used to be like an auto show girl. And I used to do all these jobs where basically like you can't show up looking raggedy, like in a hat or a t-shirt, or they're just going to send you home. I mean, I remember my boss at Miller being like, are you not wearing makeup? Like go to the bathroom, put on lipstick and it's okay. It sounds so sexist, but if you're freelance, it's part of the deal. It's like you're hired as like, you're hired partly based on your looks in that scenario. So anyway, Joey calls me the day before the show and he's like, Kate, He's like, we're playing the Chicago theater. You better not show up in a fucking ram's head. I don't want to see you in none of these rock and roll t-shirts that Freak Wizard gave you. I want you dressed up. I want you looking like Miss fucking America. Miss America. Lipstick, the shave legs, the whole nine yards. Like, he literally called me and like, first of all, I was offended. I was offended. And I told him, I was like, Joey, you think I'm going to wear a ram's hat on stage at the Chicago theater? Are you kidding me? Like, 
I'm not stupid. And then he was like, well, I just, I don't know. I feel like I have to tell you now. Okay, apparently when we worked the rec room together, I showed up with my hair in those like Princess Leia buns, two buns, which I think is really cute. I love doing that. Apparently Joey thought I looked like a slob. And he was like, well, when we played the rec room, you had your hair and there's fucking, they were like, what could have been living in your hair? I don't even know. And you, you had a t-shirt on. And so I guess this is how I found out that I'm supposed to dress up a little more and look better when I open for Joey. But, um, you know, he said, look like Miss America, Miss America. So I was kind of stressed out. I was like, I can do that. I've done it before when I hosted the AVN Awards or even when I started comedy, I used to always dress really, really cute because it was just habit from the jobs I was doing because some of the jobs you wouldn't have a uniform. I would show up in my own clothes. You know, maybe I'd be working at a golf course for the day. And so I'd be in my own clothes. But the point is. I was worried. I was stressed out. I didn't know what to wear. And then also it's like, I can wear boots on stage that have heels, but it's, you know, I don't like to be on stage in like open toed shoes with heels. Like the heel is the most important thing. I can go on stage almost in any outfit and make it work. And it's almost even funnier if you're in a dress and you're acting out stuff, bending over. But then the thing is too, it's like you're flashing the audience. Like I move on stage. Joey stands still in one spot behind the mic. I like to move around. So the point is I was freaking out and I called my mom I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to wear. My mom is like, well, it's Joey's show. I think you should let him choose. <laughs> I was like, yeah, mom, I'm not doing that. That's not happening. Uh, and then I took three outfits and three pairs of heels. Mind you, it's one show. We're there for literally two nights. We fly in on Thursday night, fly out Saturday morning. So we're basically there one day. So I have a suitcase full of clothes. I mean, I get to the airport. I already have a feeling Joey's like, like messing with me because we get to the airport and Joey always checks a bag no matter what. I don't know why, but he does. But Dean Del Rey just has this little teeny backpack. I mean, so small that I'm looking at his backpack like, what? Where are his clothes? Dean didn't check a bag. So I'm like, there's no way there's like a suit jacket in there. And Joey says, we're all dressing up. He said, we're all dressing up. It's the Chicago theater. So anyway, I get to Chicago, sleep. We get lunch. After lunch, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my nails done. I mean, I got my nails done. I spent like two hours getting ready. And then Joey kept calling me while I'm trying to get ready. He kept calling me, giving me joke ideas. Guys, this is not like him, okay? I can tell you honestly, on like in all the years I've worked with him, I've known him seven years. I think he's maybe called me twice with a joke idea in seven years. He's calling me with joke ideas for my set. He's like, I was thinking about Guns N' Roses. I think you should, you should do a bit where you talk about how you, you call your pussy by the different names of Guns N' Roses songs, like Paradise City and like, Welcome to the Jungle. What else did he tell me? Uh, it doesn't matter. The point is, I'm trying to get ready. He wants me to look like Miss America. Now he's calling me at like a half hour before we leave. You know, that's if girls know, that's like the end of the get ready time. You're like stressing, you're rushing with joke ideas. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Joe, you're killing me. Let me get ready. So I finally finished getting ready and I look like I'm going to prom. You can see on my Instagram, I wore like this, I wore a dress that I bought for a red carpet event for a charity like gala thing. I mean, it's not long, but it's longer than I usually wear in the front. And then the back actually had almost like not a train, but it was like shorter in the front and longer in the back. And it was like lacy on top and just really formal. And then the only shoes I own that match, I wanted to wear these snakeskin boots, but it just totally didn't work. So I had to wear heels. Like I literally wore, they look like glass slippers. 
I mean, I even made a joke on stage. Like, I wore my glass slippers hoping to meet Prince Charming or some shit. I mean, it was like a joke. The whole thing was ridiculous. And I come down the elevator to meet Joey and Dean in the hotel lobby. And the second I walked out, I wanted to kill them both. I mean, Joey, really. Dean didn't even know. But Dean, like, thought I was insane. He's like, what the fuck are you? You can't go on stage like that. What are you? I was so overdressed. I did my, my hair was curled. I had on like red lips and like black eyeliner. And Joey and Dean are in like sweats. Joey had on jeans, white Adidas sneakers, and a black t-shirt and a hoodie. And, and Dean had on Adidas, an Adidas tracksuit, sweatpants. I mean, you guys don't understand. And a hat, by the way. Dean wore a hat, which is my favorite part of the entire story since the hat was like the whole thing. He's like, you better not wear a fucking Rams hat. So the point is, I was very uncomfortable. I mean, I felt so stupid. And then we get over to the theater. And like, the thing is, it's not the dress. It's not the hair and makeup. I can do my set in any dress with nice hair and makeup. And, and I'm going to more often. It was the shoes. It's like, by the time I went on stage, my feet already hurt, you guys. The shoes were not comfortable. And then on stage, I, <laughs> I felt like I couldn't move around like I usually do because I'm in these little glass fucking heels. And so I started like leaning on the mic stand because my feet hurt. I had a great set, but I'm just saying it was like an eight and it could have been a 10 so easily. The crowd loved me. I could have had a better set if I had been in comfortable shoes. So I was annoyed. Also, I was embarrassed because all Joey's agents from CAA were there and like the Live Nation guys, all these big wigs were there. And I was like, I looked ridiculous. So I kept telling everyone the story of how I was overdressed. And anyway, blah. I had a good time. I had a great set. I'm not really mad at him. I just, I think it's hilarious that he did it actually. But so, but here's the takeaway from the whole thing. And the reason I'm telling the story really, it's not about how I was dressed. There's a big, big lesson to be learned from this. Ooh, but before I tell you the lesson that's to be learned, I have another sponsor today. Guys, I figure since we're talking about lessons, I should bring up the other sponsor, which is BetterHelp. Uh, you guys know I've talked about BetterHelp on here before. I'm actually using it. It's so fantastic. I don't know if there's something, guys, in your life that's getting in the way of your happiness or preventing you from growing or achieving the goals you want, but BetterHelp is a way for you to connect with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's convenient. It's so easy, guys. Get help on your own time at your own pace. Schedule secure video or phone sessions with a therapist, plus chat and text with your counselor as much as you want. Uh, professional licensed counselors on BetterHelp specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, which you might need if you're listening to this, uh, sleep issues, trauma, LGBT matters, family conflict, grief, self-esteem. I started talking to mine about my dad because, you know, I told you guys a while back, I kind of cut off contact with my dad and it's been a little difficult. So sometimes you got to talk to somebody. Everything you share is confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor, for any reason, you can request a different one. And the best part is it's available worldwide. Wherever you are in the world, there's no excuse not to work on your mental health. Mental health is too important, guys. We got too many people out there depressed these days. All the social media, everything attacking you all the time online, it's, it's wearing. So take care of yourself. Four communication modes are available, text, chat, phone, video. There's no reason 
not to get help. And the best part is it's truly affordable. If you listen to this podcast, Date Fails with Kate Quigley, you get 10% off your first month with my discount code, Date Fails. So why not get started today? Guys, go to betterhelp.com slash date fails. Simply fill out the questionnaire and uh, that will help them assess your needs. And then you get matched with a counselor you're going to love. That's betterhelp.com slash date fails. Discount code, date fails. Guys, make sure you do that, all right? It's important. It's really, really important. I'm really serious. I've been a lot happier since I started talking to someone, so you should too. Um, okay, and here's the lesson, and I'm sure your BetterHelp counselor would agree with me on this. Here's the lesson I learned from the whole thing with Joey because, you know, it really got me thinking. When I was backstage at the Chicago Theater, we all started talking about um, what I was wearing and kind of laughing. And I was just kind of saying, like, well, you know, I said out loud in the green room, Joey said to me, Kate, here's the problem with the way that you're dressing for comedy. Uh, he said, you, you're a Lamborghini, and you're presenting yourself like a Ford Focus. Which, by the way, I don't think of myself as a Lamborghini, and also there's nothing wrong with a Ford Focus. <laughs> but um, he said, like, Why? He said, why? Why don't you be who you are? And here's the thing. It sounds sexist if you don't know me, but uh, when I started comedy, you know, I always would present myself like, like I told you, I had hot girl jobs. I was always dressed cute. There's photos of me doing comedy at the comedy store my first few times. I mean, somewhere, I have to find it, wearing like, this one is so funny. I'm in like a flowery little poofy mini skirt, cowboy boots, this little crop top, like like almost like floral bustier thing and a denim jacket. My hair is all curled. I look like Daisy Duke for real. If she was wearing a skirt instead of jean shorts, like, and I used to dress like that all the time. In my mind, I always thought what's better than a hot chick who's funny. So I always would kind of like try to look as hot as I could. I also, to be honest, was more insecure about my looks back then. And it's not like I feel like I'm cuter now. That's not it. I just stopped caring because I think, I don't know if it's my age or if it's at some point in your life, uh, you're just like, there are more important things. Or if it's because I get so much attention now on the internet that I don't care as much. I have no idea. But I just, I used to always look as hot as possible. Now, that is not to say that it's not hot to be dressed down because I think that's hot too. And I actually think I look cuter with less makeup, to be honest, or prettier, whatever. But here's what bothered me. I said out loud in the green room, I said, you know, I used to look as hot as possible on stage or as beautiful as possible on stage all the time. And I got insecure because a lot of people in comedy started talking shit like, oh, Kate's only getting these things because what she looks like, blah, blah, blah. Which back then I was always funny. But I wasn't as funny as I am now. I wasn't as good at writing jokes for sure as I am now. And I think there was a little piece of me that believed it, you know, that was like, well, I am getting some opportunities because of what I look like. There are definitely guys booking me, hoping maybe they'll be able to bang. But here's the thing about that. First of all, everyone has different advantages in life. And it doesn't matter if it's because you're hot and guys are trying to bang you or maybe because, you know, maybe Brad Williams got a... Uh, accelerated in a different way because he is a dwarf or maybe you know people talk shit about Chris D'Elia because his dad's a big producer maybe he got offered some stuff 
because of that. Maybe if you book a show, you get offered more sets because people want to work your show. But here's the thing about that. No matter what the reason is, at the end of the day, you have to deliver or they're not going to keep booking you. No one is booking a comic who's bombing just because of any reason besides they're funny. Because, the, I mean, the thing is, the first time maybe, but after that, it's, it doesn't make sense if I have a comedy club to book someone that bombs just because I want to bang that person. If that person bombs, then the audience complains. They don't come back. So it's a bad look for your club. So, but it was making me insecure, you guys. And then I started seeing some girls that, uh, and this is the other thing I want to talk about, is comparing yourself to other people. I know this podcast is supposed to be funny and not like, I'm not supposed to be preaching at you guys, but it's just, I learned a lot this week um, because one of my best friends also called me I don't want to say who in case he minds, but, but my friend called me and he said, I've been really frustrated lately because I see a lot of people around me who I would say are very similar to me in terms of look and talent and demographic getting things that I wish I was getting. And I'm not usually jealous, but it's frustrating me so much. That's what he said. And I was like, you know, it's funny. I was getting frustrated by that too for a while. I mean, it's really... You know, they say compare is the, um, or compare leads to despair. Like if you compare yourself to other people, you'll always be depressed, but, and you shouldn't compare yourself to other people. Everyone has their own path, right? But the problem is in this business, it is difficult when you keep going up for the same things as a certain group of people and you're the one not getting them. It does get hard. I get down on myself about that too. Um, and so in the green room, I, I said, I stopped dressing up like that and looking so good on stage because people were talking shit and also because it seemed to me that most of the girls getting the gigs I want aren't that way they aren't like they all it's it's hard to explain and I don't want to like because I'm over feeling that now but it's just it's um they all are more like I don't know how comics are quote supposed to be I guess is the best way to describe it um and I never have been but I noticed I was starting to try to be someone I'm not organically because I felt like I had to fit in. But it wasn't coming from a place of, it wasn't coming from a place of my mind is there. It was coming from a place of insecurity or peer pressure, I guess is a good way to put it. And the thing is, I'm not in the place I was when I was 24 and I was wearing all like mini skirts and like, you know, my stomach out and cleavage and whatever. It's, it's not that I'm that and I'm not going to do that, but it's more like when I went on stage in a bikini at the Ontario Improv, it was because I wanted to make a point that you can be a hot chick and be very funny and anyone who tells you not to could fuck off. And when I said in the green room that I was starting to dress down and cover myself up and wear more hats and be schlubby because I was insecure about being too attractive, Joey said, fuck all those people. Fuck them. Fuck them. The reason you got to where you are is because you were doing something different. Now you're trying to fit in. Why? And I just, Shantae Wayans said something similar to me, who I love. Shout out Shantae Wayans. She's got, uh, she's on Tiffany Haddish's Netflix special series that she just put out called They Ready. It's all female comedians who I love. Um, but Shantae was one who said to me once, she said, Kate, don't pull back on what you're doing. Go harder into the paint. Like, do more of what you're doing. Like, go 
bluer if you want to. Go sexier. Like, you're making a point. And even the last guy I was dating got in my head a little because he was like, don't pretend that you're doing it for, like, girl power. You're doing it for attention and validation. And I was like, no, I'm really not. I do it. I do it. If I post a hot photo on Instagram, it's not for guys. I don't, you guys, anyone who's DM me asking me out knows I almost never answer those DMs. It's just that I feel like women, it's such a double standard. Women get so ostracized for being proud of their body, being sexy, being, you know, it's funny. There's this saying like, uh, if, a man is assertive and knows what he wants and, you know, says no a lot uh, and does things his way, he becomes like a successful businessman. But like if a woman is assertive or, I mean, if a woman acts the same way, she's a bitch. It's just, it's just interesting. So anyway, this is a long, I'm on a long rant, but the point of it is I suddenly felt like, what the fuck am I doing? Like Joey playing a trick on me made me have a total epiphany moment, which is why am I pulling back on that? I stopped doing the Hollywood pool party. I mean, I used to run all over town in a bikini to make a point. It was never about being hot. And look, anyone can be hot. I was just talking to this guy who, that's another thing I have to bring up since this is supposed to be about my love life. But I was just talking to this guy who, uh, I don't know, he just kept bringing up looks and, and like, how hot I am or whatever. And I was like, who cares? Hot is so easy. Anyone can be hot with enough money. Look, anyone can be hot. You get a trainer, you get a dietitian, start feeding you, you get a stylist, you get a makeup artist and you're Kim Kardashian. I mean, seriously, you wanna go further? Look at Cassandra Cass, my guest that I had last week on the podcast. She's trans. If you saw her picture of her as a boy compared to what she looks like now, you would be like, holy shit. Because there was nothing wrong with her as a boy, but she's like her. I mean, she's insanely hot as a woman. And when she was a boy, she totally looked like a boy. She did not look like a boy who would make a hot woman necessarily. So my point is with enough money, anyone can become a hot woman or man, but What's harder than that is like to be cool and interesting and funny. And if you can pull off both, that's the hottest thing ever. So anyway, my point is um, I'm done trying to fit in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I've been trying. I've been trying and I've been depressed about trying. That's probably why I've been, I've been a little down lately. I mean, you guys don't know, but I've been down, man. I've been kind of frustrated. I've been... I can't say here exactly what it is, but there are just a couple things that I felt like I really deserved that I didn't get. And that's okay. You should never feel entitled. I mean, (laughs) so it's fine. Um, But I was getting down and I don't feel down now. I feel like empowered to be myself and stay in my lane and it's okay. But man, I'll tell you this, it is a lonely road when you are yourself because everybody does want to make you conform. And there's a reason that the most successful people and the people that are unique usually don't have very many friends because you are outside the box and that freaks people out. Everybody wants to make you conform, but don't do it. That's my message here. Don't do it. And this is a thank you to Joey for encouraging me not to. Really, I mean that. Um, wow. I just covered so much. That was really, that was an intense story. I have so much more to share. And also you guys sent me a few questions that I want to answer. Um, but before that, I really have to pee. So I'm pausing.
you won't know I'm pausing. I don't know why I tell you. It's because when I come back, I feel like I sound like different, like it's a new chapter. Whatever. I love you guys. Okay. All right. Peeing helped. I feel so much better. Okay. You guys sent me so many good questions to answer this week. Uh, and I'm going to go through a bunch of them. As far as my love life goes, because I know you guys love the update. I don't know. Since the last breakup, I've been just not... It's weird how... Okay. Aiden kind of low-key chastised me for this. Not really. But he basically was like, Kate, it's like... I said to him, it's weird how my career has been making me so happy lately. I don't really want to date. Like when my career's going well, when I'm feeling inspired creatively and I want to make a lot of things and I have good meetings and like everything is flowing, then I really don't feel any interest in men. And then Aiden was like, but Kate, it shouldn't have to be either your career is making you happy or a guy is making you happy. It should be that you're just happy either way. And I was like, I know that's true. Uh, other things make me happy, like sports and snowboarding and playing soccer with little children or grownups, <laughs> whatever. I don't know why I said children, because the other day I played soccer with a bunch of 10-year-olds, but that's not the point. The point is, other things do make me happy, but he's saying it shouldn't be circumstantial. Like, nothing should make you happy besides what comes from within, which I totally get, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but if you sit alone in solitary confinement and you have nothing to do and no one to talk to, could you be happy? For how long could you be happy? Not that he's saying I should do that, but my point is just simply this. My career is going so well, I haven't really been interested in dating, but I'm not supposed to say that anymore because of Aiden. So, blah. However, I have been talking to some people, and there's this one guy who is hot that I matched with on a dating app. We started talking. He's a hockey player which I really don't want to date an athlete. And I told him that, but then also he's long distance. He doesn't play here. Although I will say his hockey team has my favorite name of any team in sports, but I can't give away anymore. Point is, uh, we started talking and the guy wants me to come visit. And I already am just, you know what? I don't know. I don't like flying to meet men. I know that sounds stupid and that's a lot of people's dream, but like, Why? It's so much pressure on a first date. I'm not going to stay with you. I'm going to stay in a hotel. I'm not going to sleep with you, even if I like you. And then if we do like each other, then what? Every few months we see each other. I don't know. This guy says he wants a girlfriend, but there's some red flags. I'm already... It's funny because he just texted me when I paused to pee, and I haven't talked to him in like four or five days, and I was finally just going to write it off as like, oh, good, he kind of lost interest. And then, of course, he texts, but... There's some little things that I just, I don't know. I have a feeling. Like, for instance, his Instagram is private, which is fine. But also, I, I requested to follow him, and he did not accept it. That makes me think there's something you're hiding. But then he did invite me to come stay with him. So then I'm like, well, it's not a wife or a live-in girlfriend, but what is it? Like, I don't know. It's weird. And also, I just can't tell from the few times we've talked, because we mostly text, if he'll be able to keep up with me. Like, not that I need, look, I don't even really want a boyfriend. Okay. I don't, but if I'm going to do a relationship with an athlete, I don't know. It, for me, it's got to be just hooking up or it's got to be all in. I'm not really into this casual dating. Like let's go out sometimes, uh, and have sex, but also not really be in a relationship. Like I'd rather spend less time with you if it's just going to be casual and we just hook up every now and then, which I'm not looking to be like a fly in booty call for anyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care. I don't care. 
So that's what's going on with me, which is a whole lot of like nothing really. Although I did tell Joey Diaz recently that I'm thinking that if I am going to do rando hookups, I'm going to start doing them when I'm out of town. Like, don't date in LA. I should just be focused on my career here. And then when I'm flying around, it happens all the time. I meet these hot, hot dudes on the road and we hang out and not guys who know who I am. Like I go out to bars after my shows where no one knows me. They don't know what I do. And I meet these guys and I never hook up because I'm like, somehow I feel bad or feel like it's wrong or it happens all the time that they catch feelings. Guys catch feelings. If you don't want them, that's how, ladies, if you want a boyfriend, just act like you don't care or don't care. That's even better because that's when they all want to be with you. Every time I just told my friend Erica, I was talking to Erica Rhodes, comedian, Erica Rhodes, uh, on the phone the other night. And I was like, it's crazy. Every time I really, really don't want a relationship, like every guy comes out of the woodwork. Last week, like four different guys offered to fly me somewhere to meet them. I don't even fly in. I never fly in to meet guys. But this never happens when I want to date. This never happens when I'm looking to get into something. It's only when I'm like, you know what? Not interested. Because everybody wants what they can't have. That's the gist of it. And if we could all figure out how to treat the people we want like the people we don't want, we'd all be in relationships and we'd also all be forced to play that stupid game forever. That's the problem. I feel like I'm really serious about this. Like the only reason our parents and grandparents and great grandparents were able to maintain relationships the way they did is because social media didn't exist. Like think about that. If you missed a call from a guy before cell phones, you might not even know he called. If you didn't have an answering machine, how would you know? There was no such thing as a call log. What, are you going to call the phone company and find out who called you? You wouldn't even know. If you were on the other line before call, I remember when we got call waiting. I mean, you guys are probably, a lot of you are too young, but like when I was a kid, if you called someone and they were on the phone, you got a busy signal. The end. That's it. There was no such thing as a beep in on the other line. So like you couldn't, if you were waiting for a guy to call you, not that you ever should, ever, but like you couldn't even be on the phone or you might miss their call. I don't know. The whole thing is just now it's like we know what they're doing. I mean, I sa- I was talking to Erica telling her, uh, well, I can't go into detail. Just me and her are going to do an episode because I was kind of giving her a lesson on like how to properly stalk someone on the internet if you really don't trust them. Like if I really think a guy is up to something, I will find out. I don't understand how any guy thinks he can get away with cheating anymore, lying anymore. Like my friend, Sarah is the best dude. Sarah, she can find out your social security number. Sarah could literally like take your whole identity if she wanted to so easily. She's like a beast at this, but she doesn't use her, her talents for evil. Only good. So anyway, that's, what's going on with my love life. It's not that exciting, but I wanted to share that. Um, I also got a great question. I mean, I got a bunch of questions I'm going to pull up in a second, but I got a great question from a follower that I can't find it, but I remember it. He sent it to me last week and I was trying to find exactly how he worded it. I wish I had it. I'll just give you, I'll basically say what he asked because I never heard this asked before, but it's a really sweet question. I'm glad that you asked it. Okay. This is it. Okay, it's funny. It's such a good question that I actually just paused to turn on the video because I think I'm going to put this on Instagram too um, because I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. So the question is, this listener wrote me and he said, Hey, Kate, 
I'm dating the love of my life. I think I'm going to marry this girl. She's perfect in every way. She's so beautiful. I love everything about her. He said, of course, we sext and send hot photos to each other as couples often do. My problem is she takes the most unflattering photos of herself and sends them to me. They never look good, but she looks great in person. How do I tell her this without hurting her feelings? Sometimes the photos are so bad, they actually turn me off. First of all, oh, and then he actually ended it. I remember, I couldn't find the question, but he ended it by saying, does this make me a complete asshole? I almost feel bad even writing it. Okay, first of all, I wrote him back and said, I will make a video answering this. No, you are not an asshole for writing it. You said, I love her so much. She's the love of my life. She's beautiful. She's perfect in every way. I'll probably marry her. You also said, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I mean, you're clearly not an asshole. You're a nice guy. And I'm glad that you asked this question because there's so many things I want to say about this. So first of all, um, obviously I have sent a lot of these photos. I don't do it as much as I used to, mostly because I don't feel as good about myself as I used to. That's the truth. <laughs> like when I feel great about my body and it's good lighting, yeah, I'm taking those. Um, I also don't send repeats, but this isn't about me. It's about you. Okay. First of all, here's the thing. Men do not understand how difficult it is to get a really good photo to send to you or video, whatever. You guys really don't. And this is why women get so frustrated when we send you a really, really hot photo that we took for you or video or whatever, and you just send back like one word or don't respond or just like it, or you're just like hot. Like this is the reason why women want you to send a bigger response. Like, holy shit, babe. Like one time I sent one to a guy and he was like, bro, fuck, hottest pick ever, which also don't call us bro. But my point is that was a good response because guys don't realize how much effort we put into the photos and videos that we send you, right? Usually. So uh, that's number one that I want to say about this is if a woman is sending you one at all, just assume that for every one she sends you, she spent at least 20 minutes trying to get the right one, maybe filtering it, maybe whatever. She took a hundred. I mean, just assume that it took some work and some thought. It really does. It's not just because when guys take photos of themselves, they snap one selfie and send it to you. So ladies, they just don't even know. It's not that guys are, this is a big thing. It's not that guys are mean. They're just dumb. No offense, guys. They're just ignorant. They just don't know. It's like, it's, it's like I say this a lot about racism. It's like there are people who hate other races. There are also people who are just dumb about other races. You know, like, this is going to make me sound so stupid, but I mean, like, I did a video at All Deaf Digital about Frederick Douglass, and I had to Google him because it wasn't something I remember learning in school. And then my black friends were like, how could you not know? And I'm like, because I didn't know. It doesn't mean I'm racist or I don't like black people. It's just we don't know. So guys don't always know how much effort we put into these stupid damn selfies we send them. Guys, I will take 100. I'll put the camera down, do a video, and then screen grab from the video. So that's the first tip. I'm really giving tips to the ladies. Um, I think a great way to get hot selfies, besides having to take like 8 million, is set up your camera to take a video and then walk into the frame so it's on selfie so you can see it and then pose so you can see yourself 
and then just hold those poses and then screenshot from the video. That way you know exactly what you look like if there's any question. Um, it's interesting. Like, I wonder why she's sending you photos that you don't think are flattering because I would think she wouldn't send them if she didn't think they were flattering. So that's a little interesting because I wonder if maybe you need to communicate with her more what you like in a hot photo. Maybe you should try subtly, like if you're ever, don't send her a photo of another woman or anything like that. But if you're ever maybe like scrolling Instagram next to her or you see a photo that you like of a girl, you could be like, babe, you should send me a photo like this. You're hotter than her. Make sure you say she's hotter than the other girl. Like find a way that it doesn't look like you're saying, I wish you looked like this. That could be dangerous if she's jealous. Um, or, or just, I don't know tell her subtly maybe something that like you know what would be so hot is if you surprise me sometime with a lingerie pick like the type that are in the Victoria's Secret I don't know like tell her what you want for the women I've learned a few tips over the years because I actually used to be a poster girl believe it or not for Miller Light beer and we actually had to take like a course on how to pose for photos, which sounds insane. But when you take pictures all the time with people, you want to make sure you look good. So like I can tell you from experience that if you put the camera on the ground facing up, it will make you look longer. It'll make your butt look bigger. If it's facing down on you, it makes you look thinner. These are simple things. Also, I always try to like kind of hide my arm behind my back because it, it makes your arm look smaller. So <laughs> pop your hip out, chest out, suck it in. I mean, you guys know these tips. Your waist looks smaller if you pop your hip. I can't believe I'm giving these tips. Everybody that follows me is a man and no one's going to care. But um, I think it's sweet that you care. I guess what I would say is if she can't get the photos right and she's doing everything else right, let it go. Or uh, another option would be maybe one day you could be like, babe, I want to take some really hot photos of you. Would you be down? Ooh, this is a great idea. Take hot photos of her. Ask her if you can have a night where you take hot photos of her and then you can show her what you like, how you like her to look exactly. And then hopefully she can surprise you with those. Wow. I outdid myself. That's a good answer. So there you go. I hope this helps. You sound like a great guy. I wish any guy cared about me enough to send a message like that to someone. So best of luck, or maybe just set, like show her this video and be like, what kind of guy would send this question? Wink, wink. <laughs> okay. On to the next. You guys sent me Lots of questions. So let's, ooh, sorry guys, let's dive in. Okay, here we go. These are from Instagram. First question Do you really do stand up in a bikini? I already talked about this today, but yes, I've done stand up in a bikini um, twice. I don't do it all the time. I probably won't do it again anytime soon, but you never know. Uh, how are you going to get back at Joey for making you dress up? I talked about that too. I'm not going to get back at him because in the end, it was a good thing that he made me dress up. I learned lessons and it's like I said at the beginning, I'm not going to re-answer. Can we go on a date? Okay. This is actually funny. I am going to talk about this. I'm coming to Houston for shows. By the way, please, 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 if you're listening to this, get tickets to my Houston shows. I will be there October 10th and 11th, and I need you guys to come. It's a small venue. It's called the Comedy Hub, and uh, they don't get a lot of walk-up, so I'm really counting on my fans to show up, and tickets are $20, and I don't think there's a drink minimum, but I'm not 100% sure. Point is, I need you guys there, so please come. A dude wrote to me on Instagram, and I get this all the time. He said, I'm coming to your show in Houston. Can I take you on a date? 
Guys, I get this all the time. You guys message me all the time. First of all, a couple things. One, I don't go on dates very often on the road because I'm exhausted from the shows and I'm busy on the road. I do radio in the morning and then I do the shows and then sometimes I do other things, podcasts while I'm in town and just I don't have time to go on dates on the road. And if I'm going to go out after the show, it's going to be with a bunch of fans, not on a date. So you guys write me all the time asking and it's really sweet, but um, I need you guys to understand that. And then sometimes if I don't respond, you get upset. So I'm responding here now. I won't go on a date probably with you on the road. I mean, almost never. I'm not going to say never because then I'll do it one time and then people will get like whatever. But it's extremely rare. And if it does happen, it's never from Instagram. Every now and then, like it happened in Edmonton, I met a really hot firefighter after the show, which isn't normally my thing, by the way. Um, but I went out like putt-putt golfing with him the next day during the day. But I mean, it's not like... Is that even a date? I guess it was kind of a date, but we didn't hook up or anything. So it's not really. Anyway, blah. That's the answer to that. Um, let's see. Do What does this say? Do male comics ever come after you for using your figure? Oh, yeah. We kind of talked about. It's so funny. People are asking the questions I already sort of spoke about. Yeah. I mean, sometimes guys don't like it when girls use a bikini to promote shows or whatever. And, you know. I used to try not to like let my flyers for comedy shows include hot photos because I didn't want to send the wrong idea. Like I'm not just, I don't just look like this. I'm funny. And then I was like, whatever, who cares? I'm going to be funny when they show up. Does it really matter? It's too much to think about. Um, how do I get over an ex-girlfriend when we were very serious? It ended badly and I never got closure. Oh, okay. I've been working on this actually because none of my relationships end that well. Although I've ended up being friends with all but like one guy, really. Um, you don't need closure. It's really hard to understand. We all want closure. But the truth is, think about it. Whenever a relationship ends, one person wants it more than the other, almost always, right? And then we all want closure. Well, closure isn't really closure. What you want is a reason that will make you feel better or that you can go, okay, like it's, it's an ego stroke closure. Every time a guy's broken up with me and I've been like closure, 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 what that really means is make me feel better about this rejection, which no matter what they say or how they give you closure, you're going to still feel like crap. And you're going <laughs> to, at least in my circumstances, like, like for me, it helps if I know there's another person involved. Oh, he, he was cheating. At least that helps me because my pride won't allow me to continue on with that person. But it doesn't make me feel better. It makes my ego hurt. Like, how could he cheat when he had me? Or what's better about her? Or he chose someone else? You know, the last relationship that I got out of, I kept on looking for some answer that would make me feel like it, it wasn't my fault. But the truth is, it's not your fault. The word fault shouldn't even come into it. It's never your fault. It's two people that don't work out. It wasn't my fault. I mean, technically that one, he was cheating. I guess if you wanted to put fault, but even then it's like I, there were red flags from the beginning. So I guess what I'm saying is you need to find your own closure. I managed to find my own closure with that. I learned, I, I figured out what lessons I needed from it, what good came out of it and what I don't want next time. And then also like this helps if you make a list of all the things that were not good. And I know people say to do that and it sounds weird, but it helped me. Like when I started really listing out all the things I didn't like about this person, I was like, why, 
why do I care that he's gone? That's just my ego. This would never work. I don't want someone who's blackout drunk. I don't want someone who I'm funnier. I don't want someone who there's a million things that I didn't like. I don't want someone who has no, you don't need money, but you need to be responsible with money. Like there are certain things about him that never would have worked. So it's ego at that point. So I guess what I'm telling you is the best way to get over her is to believe in yourself. Like start looking for the things about you that are awesome, work on you and think of reasons why it wouldn't have worked. I know that sounds really easy. I mean, easier said than done, but I don't know. I'm getting better at it. The older I get, the better I'm getting at that stuff. Is pegging an okay topic to bring up with your lady? What's the segue? I don't know, man. That's a hard one because I don't want to peg a guy. For anyone listening that doesn't know, pegging is, I mean, I'm sure you mostly know, but I'm like naive to this stuff. But pegging is like when the guy wants you to use a, a dildo on their, their b-hole, their butthole. Um, like they want you to basically bang them in, in the butt. I don't know. I'm, see, here's the thing. I've dated two guys that wanted me to lick their butthole. And they were both guys I really, really liked slash maybe loved, whatever. And it was deeper into the relationship when they brought it up. And I was like, well, if you really want that, I'll do kind of anything for someone I love. That would be hard for me. I'd be so, I don't know if I could do it. I'd be scared to hurt them. I mean, I, I'm <laughs> not sure I could do it. Um, so if a guy asked me to, I don't know, it'd be really, I think the best way to bring it up though, if, if this is a guy asking me this, the best way to bring it up is sooner the better, because it could be a deal breaker if you really like this girl. Now that said, I had a guy, the other, the last hookup, oh, the last hookup I had that I talked about on here, that was a one time, um, he kept kind of pushing my hand toward his butthole. And I think he was hoping I would like, kind of like finger his butthole and I couldn't do it. I mean, I couldn't do it. I don't know him well enough. What if, the, what if it's not clean? I don't know how clean this guy is. And I wasn't sure. And I've never done that without a guy like kind of, I mean, I guess a lot of guys like it and they say that you should just go for it or whatever. But then I just feel like the one time I just go for it. What if he doesn't? And also it's so gross if it's not clean and I just don't, I don't know. So I guess what I'm saying is bring it up. Is there a good segue? Um, when you're talking about sex, Okay, when the conversation is already brought up about sex, you're sexting or you're flirty talking, or you're dirty talking, ask, have you ever pegged a man? That's how you start. You ask if she's done it. If she says no, why? Are you into that? Or she'll say, yeah, once I loved it or I hated it or whatever. Uh, that's how you bring it up. If she says, what's pegging? Good luck. <laughs> God, that's terrible. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, I'm going to answer like two or three more two or three more, but I am curious how many guys actually want that. Like I, I've never had a guy ask for that, but whatever. Why can't I get a woman who's got a career in shape and chill? <laughs> because that's a unicorn, babe. Chill. You added chill to the end. In shape with a career. Well, if she's in shape with a career, I mean, she's cute and has a good career and she's a busy woman. She probably doesn't have time for your bullshit. That's the truth. And uh, so if you, I love when guys are like, Guys want women to be chill, chill. Yeah, we are chill when you're looking for the same thing as us. When it gets not chill is if she's busy and hot and then you're like trying to game her, give like play her, she doesn't have time for that shit. She's probably not going to be chill because she's trying to weed those guys out. Or maybe sometimes guys are like, why can't you just be chill? And I'm like, cause I'm so busy. If you don't make a plan with me, I'm never going to see you. I'm not trying to be not chill. 
I'm just busy. It's really, really hard when one person in a relationship is much, much busier than the other. I have noticed that. There's been times I've been dating. There was a guy I was dating who he had nothing going on and he would like give me so much attention and I was very busy and he would get frustrated. I wouldn't hit him back quick enough. And I've been in that situation. So if you're both busy, it's helpful. Or if you're both not busy, but guys always want to say, why can't you be chill? Well, I mean, what is chill? You want her to just not care what you do at all and be cool with your way all the time? Because that's how it seems like chill. When guys say, I wish she was chill, to me that means I wish she would let me do whatever I want whenever I want. That's, that's like the guy definition of chill, right? Like in the Lizzo song, she says, uh, I'm going to hit you back in a minute. I don't play that, bitch, I've been there. Like every guy's always like, I'll call you after work. And then a lot of times you don't. And then you get mad when the girl's like, you said you were going to call me after work. How come you never called? And you're like, can't you just be chill? I got busy. Okay, I can be chill. But then don't say you're going to call. Just don't say anything. Because I think girls like, I don't know, maybe it's not all girls, but if I say I'll call you after work, I call you after work unless I just don't care. I'm not that into you. So I guess we could assume if you don't call, that means you're not that into us. So then we should not talk to you. God, I'm being sassy. Am I being a bitch? My friend's on her way here. We're going to go roller skating. I'm really excited. I'm a grown-ass woman. I invited two girls roller skating tonight. So that's my big plan. Um, What did you do for money when you graduated from college? Oh, it was always like emceeing events, like I was talking about earlier, promo girl stuff, emceeing events, car shows, um, mobile tours. I worked with NASCAR, Sports Illustrated, but it was always like emceeing. I'd be the girl on stage like doing trivia with fans or interviewing athletes. Um, and then I did voiceover and then commercials and blah, blah, blah. I'm lucky. I've never had a, I had a job waiting tables in high school, but since I've been in college, I've always been freelance. I've always gone from gig to gig and managed to get by. That's why, that's why I have a hard time when people, when I see people in entertainment who are like doing an occasional gig and then sitting on their ass all day waiting for an audition or their agent to call and then they complain about being broke because there's like 8 billion ways to make money now with Uber and Postmates and just, I mean, freelance. I used to be, in Chicago, I used to hand out coupons at the train stations, like for money, like for $25 an hour. So that's why I have like low patience, I guess, for uh, people who complain about being broke in L.A., it, yeah, it's an expensive city, but I'm not going to feel bad for you if you're sitting on your ass all day waiting for a phone call from your agent. Like, that's not how you make it ever anymore, you know? There's other things you can do. I feel like I'm being mean now. Like, I started out being nice, and now, am I being mean, guys? I don't know. Um, last question I'm going to answer. What's the worst you ever bombed on stage? Gosh, I don't know, because... I know the worst I felt on stage before and felt like I was bombing, but all the times I always thought it was like the worst bomb of my life. There's always the most people that come up and say, you did great. And then there's other times I felt like it went really well. And then I listened to the tape. I'm like, that wasn't good at all. So that's a hard one. Like, I I mean, I don't know. I felt like I bombed so bad at this cam girl award show I just performed at. It was 20 minutes and it was in a huge theater or not theater, but like a ballroom and you couldn't hear any laughs and no one was paying attention. And then I actually bumped into the stool that had my drink on it. The drink fell off and the glass broke. And then a guy came out and he was like sweeping up the glass on stage while I was performing for like 
five minutes and it was so awkward. But then afterwards, I've never had more people come up to me and tell me how hilarious I was. Um, so I don't know. I bombed super duper badly the night that uh, Ralphie May died. Big bomb. I felt like I bombed the night Brody died, but I don't think I did. I think just those nights are like, you're just, you feel like you're watching from somewhere else. But I don't know, you know, this sounds so cheesy to say, but I try to focus on the good nights, not the bad nights. When I bomb, I come off stage, or if I have a bad set, I wouldn't even call it a bomb, but I've had bombs. But I mean, lately it's like, you have good sets and bad sets. When I have a bad set, I come off stage and I forget about it by the next day. I try to learn from it and you let it go. Can't hold on to that. You do a hundred sets. I mean, if I do two sets a night, seven nights a week, which is probably average, 14 sets a week, that, I mean, you're going to bomb or do badly at least once. So you just don't care after a while. You let it go. All right, that's enough. I've been by myself long enough now. It's hard doing this alone, but it's fun. I got to share everything I wanted. Guys, I love you. Um, please come see me in Houston. Again, please, please, Houston Comedy Hub. Come see me. Bring your friends. Um, two shows, Friday and Saturday night, I believe it's the 10th and 11th. And then uh, I'll be in Sacramento, or no, where will I be? San Jose. After that, I'm coming back to San Jose to play the Rooster again. And then, uh, or TF Feathers, what's it called? Roosters? Roosters. Coming to play, I don't know who I'm, I'm like talking to someone off to the side who isn't here. Roosters. I'm playing Roosters the weekend after that. And then Vegas Laugh Factory the last week of October, all week long. So guys, get tickets. Come see me. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Kate Q funny. I love you guys so much. I'm so excited about the podcast. Thank you again to CBD lion guys, go get your CBD lion products at cbdlion.com. Use my code Kate Q and of course, betterhelp.com. Use my code date fails. This has been date fails. You guys are the best. Bye.